You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us from Denver, Colorado today is Ethan Lane. Ethan, of course, is the Executive Director of the Public Lands Council and the Senior Executive Director for Federal Lands at NCBA. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for, uh, for having me on, Ed. Welcome to uh, uh, a virtual appearance at the North American Wildlife and Natural Resources Conference here in beautiful, sunny Denver, Colorado. Yeah, is it nice? I, I mean, I saw that with a couple of avalanches closed down I-70 in Colorado. Are you okay? Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm safe and warm in the basement of a convention center uh, in downtown Denver, but it is, in fact, warmer in Denver today than it is in D.C., um, and, and I've also learned that even though it hasn't snowed here for four days, they don't shovel streets here. Um, so, you know, normally I'm pretty down on D.C. city government, but I, I definitely know we don't slip and slide around in the snow uh, in D.C. the way I have been here for the last day and a half. Yeah, fortunately, no snow in D.C. today, just cold and windy. And uh, but Hope Springs Eternal three weeks from today is opening day for the Washington Nationals. So uh, spring is on the way um, and more good news to report, actually, in addition to uh, baseball on the horizon is uh, I opened up my Wall Street Journal this morning and I saw that uh, I saw your name in there. Uh, you're quoted in the Wall Street Journal talking about the gray wolves. Um, uh, we got notice yesterday that the, the administration is moving to delist the gray wolf. Um, from the endangered species list. So talk a little bit about that and what that might mean for uh, ranchers, especially out west. Well, th- this, is a, uh, this is a big win. It's the start of a long process, but, but just getting this, getting this ball rolling after years of, of stalling from the Fish and Wildlife Service uh, on, on efforts to delist the gray wolf nationally, uh, getting this first step of, of getting the proposed rule out the door is a tremendous victory, not just for Western ranchers, but for ranchers throughout wolf country. Uh, the, the Great Lakes region and, and Wisconsin and, and, and Minnesota and, and Michigan have, have had an absolute uh, uh, reign of terror from the amount of wolves they have in their backyard. Uh, close to 4,000 wolves in, in that part of the country alone um, in an area that when the wolf was originally listed was determined to, to be recovered at 1,500 wolves. So they've blown past recovery targets and are just inundated by these predators in their backyard with no ability to really manage them because of this uh, of this federal listing. Um, since that original listing, the problem has spread out west. Obviously, we're seeing dozens of attacks in, in individual counties in states like Oregon and Washington as their populations expand, as their packs get more aggressive. Um, and, and similarly, with a split state management situation in both Oregon and Washington, um, they're struggling with, with the ability to manage those predatory animals as well. Um, so this is, this is a real... This is a real win for producers throughout wolf country, um, even for those for those states where the wolf is, is delisted in one form or another now um, through different distinct population segments. Doing a full 48-state delist is just going to take the pressure off of everybody. It's going to send the species back to state management, uh, and it's and it's going to allow the Fish and Wildlife Service to go focus on species that truly need, need the management. The wolf doesn't. The wolf's recovered, and it's time to send it back to the states. Yeah, and like most things, I mean, this really just comes down to balance. Um, and to hear some of the environmental groups and the animal rights groups that were uh, out on social media yesterday when this came out, you would think that um, the sky, you know, it, the sky is falling, the gray wolf is going to go back to being on the verge of extinction. Um, can you talk a little bit about how this situation kind of shows, you know, really what is ultimately wrong and broken about the Endangered Species Act? Well, yeah, this is this is the best example out there. As we just said, this this species is recovered. The Obama administration agreed 
in 2013 that the species is recovered. Um, they delisted large portions in 2011. The science hasn't changed. It's only gotten stronger. And yet the reaction from the environmental community has been predictably hair on fire. Um, this is this is a, I, I saw one press release that called uh, the secretary's uh, uh, decision to delist the wolf disgusting. Um, that was the characterization in a in a uh, uh, in a national association's press release. Uh, you know these people have have completely gone off the rails um, on this issue, and and it's really indicative of the fact that the act is broken. If they can't take the win here. If they can't celebrate a successful recovery of this species, which is exactly what we're talking about, uh, then then they're making our point for us that the act is irreparably broken in its current form. So we we've just been watching this kind of in in, in amazement as as defenders of wildlife and some of these groups have come out and, and just been outraged at the idea that the Endangered Species Act is actually possibly going to work the way it was intended and and remove a species from the list once it's recovered. But that is, in fact, what we're looking at. All right. And then so finally, what is what is the outlook on this? When, uh, you know, obviously you alluded to the, the regulatory process and, and lawsuits probably uh, being filed um, in a real world you know, in the real world in which we operate, when can we expect this, if all goes well, to be the law of the land? Well, as I say quite often, you know, this is the federal government, so there are forms to fill out. Um, this is the start of this process. They'll put out a proposed rule, we expect probably next week, uh, or, or, or if not soon after. Um, that will then need to go up for public comment. Uh, there will be a full federal rulemaking process, uh, which should result, we expect, in a final delisting rule. Um, once that rule is is completed, uh, you're going to see litigation uh, almost instantly. I mean, it's, that's that's not an if; that is a when. Uh, these these groups that that have sort of professionalized suing over Endangered Species Act listings will no doubt uh, show up for this one. This is the Super Bowl of of uh, ESA process based litigation. So we will then need to see that court process through. Um, that's always been sort of a factor that's out there. Um, I think that's why you've seen a delay in fish and wildlife uh, repromulgating a, a, a proposed delisting rule. They've been trying to get this math right. They've been trying to make sure that their delisting rule is completely airtight and doesn't leave any room for these groups to find some little mistake or, or uh, a process issue on which to sue and overturn uh, the, the, their decision. So that's the process we're going to be in. Um, that will take a while, but it also is the only way to really get to the finish line. You know, we've seen more success on Capitol Hill with the Great Lakes population coming closer to getting them uh, congressionally delisted over the last couple of years. And that's because that population has been through a full delisting process. Fish and Wildlife Service showed its math in 2011 and 2012, both in the Great Lakes and Wyoming, in demonstrating that the species was ready and warranted for delisting. Uh, that goes a long way towards making that case that that's the right thing to do. Uh, so doing this at a, at a 48 state level and in in all the lower 48, showing that math, showing their work, making this case really is a critical step in, in getting this species off the list. So uh, we're excited to see them get started and uh, uh, obviously be supportive however we can. All right. Sounds good. And I'm sure that we will be uh, urging folks to get those comments uh, filed when, uh, when that comment period opens up. So um, in the meantime, uh, let's celebrate a great uh, conservation success story and, uh, and good news and, and movement in the right direction on ESA. So Ethan, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, safe travels home. Thanks, Ed. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org 
and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.